I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over 100 speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage, so you're going to enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. All right. Good morning, everybody. All right. Good. We're doing good. Um, I got 110 slides. I got 20 minutes. So we're going to go. It's 97 things not to do in your SaaS company. So I'm not going to talk about startup valuations. I'm not going to talk about venture funding, anything of that sort. I'm coming off a cold, so apologies uh, uh, if, I, uh, if I have to grab some water at times. So let's jump in. Uh, a little bit about me. I won't read this all to you. My, my prior startup experience of interest was a company called Cosmo.com. If any of you are in the first .com of New York, um, we had a revolutionary business model where we would buy things for $2 and sell them for $1, and we tried to make it up in volume, and uh, that didn't work. Uh, so that's that. Uh, if you don't know CB Insights, thanks for the kind words earlier. We're building a technology marketplace. Our goal is to connect technology companies with advisors, investors, acquirers, and customers. Um, and we do that by just assimilating a gargantuan amount of qualitative and quantitative information, basically trying to make sense of the technology economy. So I'll jump in. Uh, a disclaimer, right? So this is, there's going to be things I'm going to say here that some of you may disagree with, you'll be offended by, uh, and that's okay. These are not laws. These are just my learnings of building a SaaS company over, uh, over many years. Uh, this will be useless for these folks. So you can just read it. Uh, entrepreneurs, if you believe, how many of you are bootstrapped in this room? All right, nice. Uh, you know, if you care about your personal brand and you really, if that's what, you know, like it, all that shit is nonsense, so I, they, they won't be good for you all. All right, uh, this is the general thesis of this presentation. I love this Charlie Munger quote. My goal is to try to share with you the things, the stupid things we've done so you avoid doing stupid things. Um, and some of them, again, won't be relevant to you. Hopefully some of them will be. So let's jump in. Uh, and I'm going to go quickly since I've got a lot of slides. Why did you say slide 55? All right. Um, don't take advice from non-customers. You know, talk to people who have to live with the consequences of the feedback they give you. Uh, you know, don't tolerate high-performing assholes. You're on a team. You have a, you know, and I, we had some remarkable salespeople from a performance perspective. They were cancerous to culture. They were jerks to our SDRs. You have to get rid of those people. That metastasizes in an organization. Um, this one's a little bit nuanced. So we tend to talk about averages. So if you have a sales team, you're like, oh, what's the average AE selling? What's the average SDR doing? What you actually want to look for is what, we'll, what people will call positive deviance. So the people who, with the same amount of information and the same training, are actually over-delivering, and that's who you want to study, right? And sometimes you end up talking in averages and you don't want to be average. So, you know, focus on positive deviance. Uh, you know, this shit, you got to all stop. Uh, don't half-ass onboarding of new teammates. 
you know, people make a decision about whether they feel like they can build a career in your organization in the first 30 days. And so that onboarding experience. And when you're, you know, when we were five people, 10 people, it was just like, here's your laptop, go. And that's fine. Like, don't over-engineer it. I'm talking, some of this, some of this is stage-relevant. Um, but you got to spend time on onboarding new teammates and making sure that they're set up to be successful. Uh, don't believe you have to raise VC. All of VC is the best marketed money. That's what it is at the end of the day, right? Uh, the odds that a VC alone is going to change the trajectory of your business is close to nil. Uh, it is capital. So revenue is the best funding. Uh, don't be pressured into raising VC. This might be a common theme. Uh, this one, you know, for those of you who are bootstrapped, when people call you a lifestyle business, just you should call them an asshole on the spot. Um, uh, don't waste money on PR to get customers. Uh, you know, and maybe this relates to the next point. I, I think the key here with PR is to go for relevant media. So everybody wants to get that, or a lot of people like to get that little TechCrunch thing as seen on TechCrunch in the bottom of their website. Most of your customers don't live on TechCrunch. So go find where they live, and if it's in some supply chain magazine or some other esoteric thing, like go there. Like all this chasing and paying, we hired a PR firm, we fired a PR firm. Like it's gonna, you know, again, at the right stage, maybe it makes sense, but early days, um, you know, we're kind of in that 100 million ARR category and we don't have a PR firm still. So, you know, maybe, maybe when we're 200 or 500, we'll be there. Uh, you know, uh, there's going to be good days, there's going to be bad days, there's going to be people who are going to say you're the shit. Uh, you know, just don't, like, don't, you know, get high on your own supply. Um, uh, you know, don't get fixated on losses. Like, if you're building something that's good, you're going to lose a lot, right? Like, the amount of rejections you take uh, on any front is significant. And, like, I'm wired this way to really get kind of uh, in my head about losses, and that, like, can be really destructive. And if you have a team... It's destructive as well. Uh, yeah, you know, sometimes your market, we thought we were going to sell primarily into VCs and bankers, and what we realized was it was large enterprises. And we had to, we learned that only by talking to lots of customers. I think that's the benefit of being bootstrapped for sure, because you don't have this sort of war chest. You, your customers are your investor. Um, uh, at the same time, you can't be promiscuous promiscuous about your market forever. So being opportunistic is really good in the early days, but we had a, we had a period where we were 12 people and I think we had three products. And like, that's just a not sustainable way of growing. We had to, we had to pick a lane. And so eventually, you know, we, we picked a lane and, and luckily that's been going all right. Uh, you know, self-explanatory, you got to have a plan, you know, irrespective of how smart somebody is. Uh, this is a big one. Never hire under pressure. So We've had a, a, a senior uh, VP role available, or a marketing role open for 15 months. And the team's like, hey, this person's pretty good. Can we just hire them? Like, never do that. If you ever hire under pressure, you will regret it, right? Like, we just got to get somebody in seat. If you don't love them when they join, you're definitely not going to love them in six months. Um, it's hard to do this, but uh, culture is driven by what you tolerate, and it's by the people that you hire as well as who you let go. And it's hard to let go of people, but uh, great people see that you're not doing that, and they, you lose faith in you as, as a leader. Uh, this one's funny. Uh, for the, how many of you have a 10-person or less company? Right? So, like, I'll see 10, you know, I'm just picking on that size, 
where they're like, okay, we have a CTO, we have a CFO, we have a CIO, and it's like, guys, like, what the fuck are you doing, right? Like, you got to have titles that make sense that help you scale, right? If somebody's going to be a CTO when you're three people, and then you get to 30, and that person no longer is relevant in that role, then you're going to have to top them. They're going to look like they took a demotion. It just creates all sorts of agita and anxiety that you can avoid by just giving people reasonable titles. Like, and, and when you go, to, if you sell the enterprise and you show up and we're like a 10-person company and here's our C-level, like, you look like jokers, so don't do that. Um, don't be afraid to hire expert advisors. I did payroll. This is the worst, probably one of the worst things I did. I did payroll by hand for the first four years. Um, just horrible idea. Don't do that. Uh, if you have a bad advisor, get rid of them. Um, this one, uh, like there's always like the, the soup of the day in startup land, right? And like everybody's like, oh, what are they doing? And like you got to do what's right for you. Um, everybody, you know, Evernote was hot shit until they weren't. Dropbox, same. Like everybody goes through these phases. And so don't take the advice that comes from luminaries or, you know, founders who are good at sort of talking about what they do as gospel, you know, assimilate it into what you do and then adopt it. Uh, it never gets easy. Uh, this doesn't matter. We've been outfunded by numerous competitors. Uh, they've all, uh, they've all failed or aren't doing very well. So money is just oxygen. It doesn't buy you the ability to execute. And I think that's really important. It's really important, I think, to make sure the team knows that too, because they'll be like, oh, do you see somebody just raised $50 million? Like, what are we going to do? Like, just stick to what you're doing. And, you know, uh, in some markets, maybe you need capital, but I don't think in a lot of B2B markets, especially in SaaS, it's necessarily what determines winning. Um, I'm, again, something I'm really bad at, you can't just celebrate the humongous wins, like small wins. You got to make sure you recognize people and make sure that they feel like, you know, you're there kind of behind them, irrespective of it being big or small. Uh, this one I probably changed my view on. It's a little bit older. Um, we used to sell the startups in the early days, and maybe this has evolved, but, you know, they die, they churn, they require lots of support, they don't have a lot of money, so it's kind of like the perfect SaaS hell. Um, um, uh, you know, lowest price product in the market, you know, generally, again, none of these are laws. I, I think this one generally is path sucks. Uh, you know, so getting cute with pricing. So this was CB Insights pricing, like early, early days. Um, and so we'd end up having these absolutely ridiculous conversations with customers because they were like, oh, I want the limo plan. And I want, and you just, the whole conversation kind of sounded ridiculous, right? So like, and nobody's buying you because of your cute pricing. I think before this, we had like, Doberman, Pitbull, Chihuahua. And it was just like, it, it was all just kind of stupid. And we spent so much time thinking about what dogs to put on the pricing page. And like all of that energy could have been reallocated to something that was actually useful. Um, you know, you got to talk to customers. You got to ask them point blank. You got to give them uh, a lane in which to give you honest feedback. Most people actually are nice and they want to see you succeed, but they also are reluctant to give you really hard feedback. And so you just, if you ask hard questions of them, meaning where you say, I want honest feedback, where you just say, what, what makes our product suck? Like, they're like, okay, this is that type of conversation, right? But you got to be willing to listen and not be, def and not be defensive in those moments. Uh, don't respond to trolls. I do it. I shouldn't. Uh, don't worry about perfecting your tech too early. So again, this one changes with scale. But in the beginning, I remember we used to have conversations about like, oh, we got tech debt. We got tech debt. And I was like, 
hey, we don't have any fucking revenue. Like, I don't care about tech debt, right? Like, let's go get some revenue, and then we can solve all this tech debt nonsense we keep talking about. Um, over time, as you get revenue and stuff, you do have to pay that down. So again, this is, you know, as companies evolve, this will change. Uh, you know, in B2B, I guess most of you are B2B. Anybody not B2B? Okay, so very few. In B2B, the beauty of B2B marketing is the bar is so ridiculously low. Like, your competition's marketing is probably unbelievably forgettable, right? Like, they put out, like, stuff that, like, when people sell the B2B, they're like, I have to talk in this, like, ridiculous way that nobody ever in their real world talks like that. So just try to be human. You ultimately are selling to a business which is made up of humans. If you just keep that in mind, you'll be better than 95% of B2B marketers out there. Uh, PLG, ABM, whatever, you know. Uh, uh, you have to eventually train your biz dev and CS teams. In the beginning, they can sit next to the founder and learn through osmosis, but eventually you're going to need to have some sort of regimented way of building habits. Habits build systems. Systems build expertise. Expertise is what helps you win. Uh, again, you don't want to prematurely optimize for this, but eventually you'll need to get there. I'm really behind on time. All right. Higher customer success early. Uh, we didn't do that. Uh, this one's big. Uh, you know, something's not right. Oh, this function's not going well. Hey, we're just going to hire somebody and they're going to fix it. There's no one hire messiah. It doesn't work out. You have to have a fundamental understanding of the problem before you can just go hire somebody. Rarely does somebody just kind of work out that way. Uh, do hardcore reference checks on your execs. Uh, if you don't get effusive reference checks, don't hire that person, right? If somebody that you're hiring at the senior level, especially, can't put together five people who are going to say they're the best things in sliced bread, like, that's a problem. Um, if you're going to meet with VCs, you're, you are pitching. Whether you think you're pitching or not, you're pitching. VCs, private equity, whatnot, there's no, like, coffee chats. Like, they're making an evaluation of you down the road or now as to whether they're going to do something with you. So if you're going to meet with them, be ready for pitching. Uh, don't price based on competition, channel partnerships. I think, you know, it depends on stage. Early days, channel partnerships aren't great. Uh, when you talk to customers, when you're, if you're, how many of you are founders who are selling still? So, you know, the big thing I had to learn was like, I used to think, oh, if I go and talk a lot during the conversation, that's a good conversation. And actually, in a 30 minute conversation, if they're talking 20 to 25 minutes, that actually means I'm asking questions. I'm actually getting insights from them. So don't dominate. Uh, in the beginning, you know, the founding team and the engineers are the product management team. Uh, I think folks, if you try to outsource product management too early, bad recipe. Uh, you got to ask for the sale. I'm no, by no means a natural salesperson. I sold the first couple million of CBI subscriptions. And one of the things that was really hard for me was just, are you going to buy? Do you want to buy? Right? I just, I was like, Hey, they'll tell me when they're ready. Like, no, no, no. You got to go and push the. You got to go push the pace. And if they say no, that's great. Cut, chop, cut them off your list and go to the next one. Um, this is if you sell into enterprise, you get a lot of these jokers who come around who are like, "I want a partner." Just run away from these people if they have no money. They are time wasters and tourists, and they're like trying to look smart in front of their boss. And they generally are going to do nothing for your business. So just run the hell away from these people. Uh, don't worry about scalability of everything. Like elegant systems are nice and they're sort of intellectually interesting. Sometimes you just got to put it in an Excel spreadsheet and grind it out. 
you know, read the stuff by Jeff Bezos on competition. Uh, we spent so much time trying to get number one on Hacker News. To- unless you sell developer tools, like totally useless, right? We would get, we did get there a couple times. Our Google Analytics traffic spiked, and then we just got you know a bunch of people who said our product sucks in the comments. So that was fun. Um, uh, uh, don't try to innovate in HR. So your, your focus is to build a product, and your innovation should be in the product. So I see companies who are like, oh, we're doing a three-day work week, and your dog gets pedicures and all this other crap. It's like nobody cares. Like The people who actually care about that stuff are not the people you want as teammates in your business. You want people who are there to do the work that helps customers. And if like dog pedicures and other sabbaticals after your second week or whatever are the thing, like you got to not do that. Uh, you got to be able to sell it yourself. Like, again, just like product management, you can't outsource early. You have to, you have to kind of be able to do it on your own. Uh, you're going to see good leads. You're going to see bad leads. Focus on the good ones. Don't worry about. Don't try to convert people. Right. Try to tell people who are already of your religion. Just try to get them over the finish line. Converting people who aren't your religion—that's a lot of work. It's really painful. Uh, you know, don't build product by committee is probably the best way to say this one. Uh, I see this a lot. I, I'm probably in the in the opposite, like uh, you know, this personal brand thing. Like, if you're trying to build a business, build the business, right? Like, you know, your personal brand, if it's additive to the company, sure. But I see pe- founders who like the the stuff they do on Twitter, especially, is completely unrelated to their business. And it's like, if I'm a teammate looking at what you're doing, I'm like, what are you? Are you here for the business, or are you just here to like, you know? be an influencer. So I think that's something to be, it's important. Uh, don't try to act like a salesperson. There's no one way to sell. Have conversations. Uh, VC nonsense. Uh, the big thing here is that like in startup land, Google and Facebook are extreme, extreme outliers, right? I hope CBI becomes one. I hope many of your companies become one of them, but they are by, by definition outliers. Most exits of technology companies are sub $200 million. So you read all of this sort of VC survivorship bias in the media, like most of us are not building those two companies, right? Unfortunately, right? So like just play the odds a bit. Um, We have a newsletter, which is pretty successful, uh, but we spend a lot of time thinking about, should we do video? Should we have a clubhouse channel? All this, like if, you know, instead of planting new seeds, what are the seed that you've already planted, right? If something's working, lean into that. And then when you exhaust that, which takes a while, then move on. Uh, pointless networking, I, yeah, I mean, just self-explanatory. Uh, like, this is, I guess, related to pointless networking. Uh, uh, I say generally it's a waste of time. I really like Nathan. Uh, I really like SaaS founders, so this was a good one to do. But uh, your, your reach in the, in a, in online is just so much more significant. Uh, don't ever have you, there's, I think I've been I've seen one panel discussion in probably a thousand that's actually good like panel discussions by definition are garbage because everybody agrees with each other so don't participate in them they're just they're useless for the speakers they're useless for the audience it's like a it's just mutually self-assured destruction um, uh, focus on the essential few ruthless prioritization is really important man I got a minute uh, all right, this is, if you haven't seen this post, Christoph Johns has this post about how to make a $100 million business, 
And it's really clarifying because it just tells you how to think about your business. I'd recommend finding that. Uh, I think there's another thing. Like, I feel like failure's okay. Failure's okay is this whole, like, mantra now. Like, yes, it happens. But, like, don't make it okay. Uh, don't make it okay within your team. Uh, you know, just well, this is what our chubby brain is the CB and CB insights. So we started off as this. This was our first logo. So it's never going to get worse than this. Uh, and so don't worry about it. And we've done okay. Uh, clients will not tell you what to build. Uh, we talked about this. People care about what's in it for them, right? And so uh, they don't care about you. They don't care about your product. They don't care about your story. They care about the problem you're going to help them solve. And you always have to keep that front and center. Uh, when you're hiring somebody, if you're ever doing a pros and cons list, that, tells, that means you shouldn't hire them. Immediately, if it's like, well, they're okay at this and they're bad at this, it's like, no, 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 you're, it's over, right? It's not a hell yes. Uh, I'm not, sorry, your culture becoming shit brown. So this is an important one. If you ask everybody what their favorite color is, you're going to say red, you're going to say blue, you're going to say purple, somebody's going to say green, and when you mix that all up, the color you get is shit brown, and that's a problem with cultures. If you give everybody input into what the culture is going to become, you're going to have a shit brown culture. And so what you got to do is say, nope, this is our culture, and we're going to spike on these two colors, and that's it. And if you want to be part of that, and it gets you excited, you come here. And if you don't, you don't come here, but we're not building a ship around culture. So this is important. We mess this up, and it takes a while to undo this. So you just want to get it right from the beginning. Uh, executives who come in who want to do reorgs, are, it's a problem, right? Because they're like, they actually don't want to do any work. They're just like, oh, I don't have the right people. Let me move the deck chairs around. Let me get new people in. And then 10 months later, you're like, shit, that person actually is an idiot, right? But you didn't realize it because they were doing all this, like, you know, all this, like, moving of deck chairs around the place. Like, don't let people come in and who are like, oh, the thing I want to, because it sounds good, it sounds fancy, you can put good PowerPoints together. This never works. Never second guess your instincts. Don't become a feature factory. Uh, with leaders, They'll say sometimes, uh, I delegated it to somebody. You can delegate, and like there's this, you know, mantra of empowerment, right? Like you should empower your team. At the end of the day, if you're a manager, you still have to deliver. So you can't be like, well, I gave it to, I gave it to Joe, and he didn't do it. It's like, well, no, that's your fucking problem. You have to deliver that. So you can't say I delegated it and abdicate away your responsibilities. And you have to hold your leaders accountable for results, and that's what managers and leaders have to do. Uh, yeah, pedigree's overrated. When you see somebody who's taken a lot of L's, like, you know, hey, I was at a startup, it failed, my prior startup had this problem, and you look at their resume, and it's just like a string of losses, like, don't hire that person. Like, you don't want that juju around you, right? You want, like, you want, like people who are winners around you, right? Like, you get one, I mean, I've, I was at a failed startup, so I think everybody should get one, right? But if you've got a string of losses, like, that's, that's problematic. Um, MarTech and sales text vendors are so good at creating problems that don't exist. And so what you're going to end up buying is a lot of expensive software that you don't use for a problem that they've convinced you to buy. So just be very, very careful of sales and MarTech vendors. They're exceptional. I'd hire people from there because they're really good at making up problems and selling you shit you don't need, which maybe you want to do in your company, but don't, don't, uh, don't hire them. Uh, you got to be performance-driven. Uh, another one, mediocre managers will often say like, oh, no, the system's a problem. I got to go buy the system and then we'll be good. Uh, I love this quote, a good craftsman doesn't blame his tools, right? You can't let mediocre managers be like, oh, I got to have this new XYZ system of record. Look, that's never the problem. The problem is you, the manager. 
Um, every situation is different. Uh, best practices are for losers, full stop. They're for people who want to be average. Like nobody who follows best practices builds great companies or builds exceptional companies. Uh, if you want average results, go follow best practices. The beer test is a weird one. Uh, like, do you want to have a company of people who get stuff done or do you want to have a fraternity? Right? Like, I, I don't care. I don't, I like my leadership team. We all get along. I don't know if we'd all be friends like in day to day life, but they're fucking awesome at what they do. And that's what I need them there for. And hopefully they think I'm decent at what I do. Right? But um, I'm not trying to start a social club. Award winning marketers. This is, I think, very specific to marketers. Like, you'll see it on LinkedIn. It's like, I need people who get work done who don't want to be on the speaking circuit winning awards, right? So, like, this is a weird, like, clout chasing phenomena in certain functions. Uh, you only have 100% of equity. Guard it like, like a, you know, like a rabid dog, right? Like, don't give away. I talked to a founder earlier this week. He's like, I'm going to give away 9% of my company for 170K and I have 150K in MRR or ARR. And I'm like, what in God's name are you doing? Um, uh, they're not going to change your likelihood of success. Uh, when you're letting somebody go, you, they should never be surprised. Uh, if, they, if they're surprised, that means you failed or your manager failed because you didn't set expectations that were clear for them. This is a bad look. It's a bad way. It, this is the kind of thing that like, is corrosive to an organization. Don't tolerate underperformance. Uh, results is all that matters. Re- relationships are important, but results for managers are key. Uh, you're going to have some people that were great from one to two aren't going to be great from two to four. Uh, 90 days to get up to speed for execs is way too long. Uh, they should be contributing in 30 days. I, like, I need to do a 90-day listening tour. That's bullshit. You got to get in there and get some shit done quickly. Uh, if, you haven't, if somebody has never let somebody go, they're not a good manager uh, at scale. Like, if you haven't, haven't had the hard conversation, that's a problem. Uh, perks become entitlements, your kombucha, your cold brew, all that stuff. When the market turns and you take it away, people freak out. So just be careful about what you give in the beginning because it's not, it's not a perk. It becomes an expectation very, very quickly. Uh, speed is a weapon. Run quick interview processes. If somebody says no to your offer initially, just let it go. They're convincing them. You're always going to be, if they do come, you're always, they're, they're always going to be wondering, did I make the right decision? You're always going to be wondering, are they happy? There's already enough overhead in a, in a startup. You don't want to deal with all that. Uh, you need drivers. You don't need passengers. It never gets easier. And don't blindly follow this advice. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm a random guy here. You don't know me. Uh, I don't know your business. Just make sure what's right for your business. Uh, final thing, if you don't get the newsletter, please get it. A lot of people like it. And if you're a B2B startup and you want to reach uh, uh, customers, vendorbriefing.com, tell us a little bit about your business. Uh, it's free, uh, and hopefully we'll get you some customers. If you want investors, maybe acquirers, we can help there. All right, that's it. Thanks. Sorry for going over.